Hello everyone, Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, this is Jerry Judah, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the 14-yard NFL podcast. Here we are. It's time to preview week one of the 2023 NFL season. I, once again, am your host, Sam Moores, and this is the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast. Joining me to break down each of the games you can watch on Sky Sports this week and pick what to look out for in the rest of the slate is a returning guest in Charlie Grace. Welcome, Charlie, mate. It's good to have you back on, mate. Yeah, good to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that's right. But before we get into previewing Sunday's games, there's only one place to start, and that's recapping the NFL kickoff game last night. We both watched it together, me and Charlie did. Uh, we were up till about 4.25 in the morning, I had a massive party last night, and uh, let's just say I'm a little bit hungover, but we, we moved on with the pod. Uh, last night saw the Detroit Lions upset the reigning Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, 21-20 hour ahead to kick off the season with a bang. Travis Kelsey was a huge, match, uh, huge miss for the Chiefs, with the Mahomes really failing to form a connection with any of his targets. Of eight drops, I think, mainly to the uh, the highly touted Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore, who were the two guys expected to step up as the main option with Kelsey missing this week due to injury. Um, it was quite even for most of the first half, with uh, the score sitting at seven seven. The Lions were driving to take the lead, uh, but Marvin Jones uh, fumbled and he actually gave the, ch- the the Chiefs a chance to go up a score before the half. They took it and they were fourteen seven up before half time. Um, the start of the second half was a bit of a punt fest with, uh, with Mahomes' uh, interception for a pick six to, to rookie Brian Branch sandwiched in between. That play, which uh, Branch pounced on after another train, uh, Tony drop, really changed the momentum of the game. And uh, the Detroit actually leveled the score on the, on the turn of a battle there as well. And the game was really anyone's for the take. And at this point, Charlie, we're thinking, like, well, honestly, if Detroit don't win this game, they're going to be kicking themselves because the Chiefs just weren't flowing offensively. Um, and I mean, the Chiefs got a lucky break of a PI call and Cam Sutton on a deep shot to Justin Watson that sort of put him into scoring territory. But even even then, um, after another Kadarius Tony drop, they could only result to a field goal and another field goal, and it, it really fell down to the Lions really having a massive chance to take take the lead here and really take take the control of the game because the the Chiefs just couldn't do anything offensively, and they um they got it. They got the they got a big uh, gain from Josh Reynolds uh, a. Uh, I think it was like a forty-yard gain from um, from a comeback route. It kind of uh, Jared Goff beating the Jarius Sneed to have a opportunity, and and David Montgomery went in for the score, and that that was it really. The the Chiefs couldn't really create anything offensively with the with the five, final five minutes of the game, and and the, and the Lions were victorious at Arrowhead, which is very hard to do. Um, what what are your, what are your thoughts on last night? Obviously, uh, it was it probably showed that of the two people that you could have. That Kansas City could have, could have lost last year between Kelsey and Hill. I think Kelsey is the most viable one, um, and that that showed last night. Yeah, they they lost. I think um, without Kelsey, like you know, he didn't see the offense didn't seem to flow in the past game as much as as it would usually. Um, Mahomes looked like he was kind of holding on to the ball a fraction longer. Um, and I mean the drop problems were horrific, especially from Kadarius Tony. I think it was four drops. One of them led to the pick six, which um tied the game up for Detroit at the start of the second half. Um 
like Mahomes didn't look too bad, but the receivers just didn't step up. And I think it's that's a big concern going forward for the Chiefs. Um, for the Lions, I think their O line looked great. I think it was a good kind of lay down a marker for them. Kind of they're going to run the ball and they're going to run the ball well this year. Gibbs looks like a great dynamic um, addition at the backfield. Passing game is a bit one dimensional outside of Amon Ra, St. Brown, but Jameson Williams will be back middle of the season. So, um, yeah, there's always, uh, always that to look forward to. Um, but yeah, I think the big storyline was just kind of the Chiefs' lack of, um, lack of threat in the passing game without Travis Kelsey. Yeah, and you, you mentioned Amon Ra St. Brown there. He had an excellent game. He was by far the player of the match. Uh, last night and I think with I came away actually really impressed with the Chiefs defensively um more than I thought I would do because obviously the the Lions came into this one were a high scoring offense at the end of last year um and they were about Chris Jones and I think the defensive line held their own against the Lions offensive line obviously the Lions offensive lines especially in the run game as well was unreal last night but um there were opportunities for Kansas City with the likes of Felix and DK Uzama and Mike Danner to to really get in um to frustrate them for a bit for, without Chris Jones and uh, what's his name Charles Amenahu that was that impressed me last night um more more they they do better than I thought they do um yeah they, they, the the other thing really you can take away from this game is the the, the all the missed calls on Jawan Taylor who it felt like had about fifteen false starts in this game they kept they kept calling it on the broadcast and then uh they actually finally called it at the end of the game which uh. Which brought the Chiefs back to fourth and twenty-five, uh, where they actually almost got a connection to to you know go for one of another Patrick Mahomes legacy drive to maybe uh, win the game uh, somehow for the Chiefs because again the Lions were far, by far the better team last night, uh, but again Mahomes couldn't connect with Sky Moore. Um, they turned the ball over there in their own half, and the, the Lions ran down the clock. I think, and oh, I think yeah, like I said with defensively, I think Chris Jones now will be looking to sign a contract. Uh, pretty soon because he, they've shown that they can they can hold their own without him, um, and if he is in this unit, then it could be a really good unit, I think. Um, but look, for me, I just they the Lions did what me and Liam said they needed to do on the podcast last um, the other day, where we we gave you know keys to win keys of victory for each team, and you know that they, they they fed Aaron Ross and Brown, the Chiefs couldn't stop him. They but they. Ultimately, even the turnover battle, they won the line of scrimmage battle, and and ultimately the the way they ran the ball last night with David Montgomery and Jimmy Gibbs was the reason why they won the game. I think because they took a lot of time out of um of they they ran the ball very well when because the Chiefs weren't on the field very much last night because they just couldn't. They I, I feel like I I saw the Chiefs punt more than I've ever seen Patrick, a Chiefs team led by Patrick Mahomes punt last night because. They just could. They just the amount of three and outs they had, or you know, they get a first down and then and then punt afterwards. Like they just, we we saw very few red zone opportunities on the Chiefs last night, and um, yeah, I, I think that's that's well done to the Lions. Really, they did exactly what we thought they do, they needed to do, the other day. And I, honestly, I think they proved they were legit after their strong reform at the end of last year, didn't they? Yeah, definitely contender. Um, I think. Uh, NFC North is theirs to lose this year, um, especially after after last night. And I think, you know, I, I think they're probably a surefire appearance in the playoffs at the very least this year in the NFC. 
Um, and I mean, if you can play play defense the way they play defense and run the ball as effectively they run the ball, then you've got a chance every every game because you know you control time possession. I mean, they've moved the ball effectively pretty much every drive. Whether it was David Montgomery who had a great game rushing or Jameer Gibbs out the backfield, Goff coming up big with a throw on like third and eight. Um, so yeah, really positive signs for Detroit. Um, and I mean, it's, obviously it's hard to get not to get carried away in week one. There's still seventeen weeks this season to go plus playoffs, so you've got to temper your expectations a little bit. But um, if you're a Detroit fan, I mean, there's no reason not to be really optimistic this year. There we are. Uh, just before we start all the games on Sunday, I'd like to remind you again that for the last time, uh, we are only a few days away from the first Sunday of the NFL season. On Sunday, you can join us at full 10 yards and watching every one of Sunday's games at Felsons in Birmingham to start of the season. Tickets are free, or you can choose to buy a bundle that uh, pre-orders up to six drinks, so the drinks are getting cheaper as you buy more. Uh, so feel free to come along and meet our team and make some fellow UK-based NFL fans and friends as well, too. Fair, uh, you know, it's going to be nice to talk football with people, and I can't wait to meet all you listeners, to be honest with you. It's going to be a really nice, nice turnout for us as well. You get a plus one as well um, if you if you get a t- if you sign up for a ticket too. So bring on anyone you want to get into the NFL or anything. It'll be, be nice to see you all, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, finally, there'll be some giveaways too, as you've got a copy of Madden 24 to give away, and a jersey of your choice will be one of the night too. Uh, so visit www.410yards.co.uk to sign up and get your free ticket now, and I can't wait to see you at the weekend. Right, Charlie, we'll go with the, the game that that's, the, the Sky is showing on the 6pm window, the game that I think is actually one of the the most interesting in the league, uh, week two. It is the San Francisco 49ers visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Niners are favoured by two and a half points. And, I mean, we'll start, we'll start with the Niners' offence because they, they, they won... Really, they, they, they won... The, the hearts of everyone at the end of last year, the Brock Purdy story comes to the line above the Jimmy Garoppolo got injured after Trey Lance got injured at the start of the season. And as, as Mr. Irrelevant and led a team to the anti championship game, ultimately uh, losing out after his elbow injury um, to, and Brock Purdy will remain the start of this year as Trey Lance has been traded to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and I, I mean, ultimately we'll see all that. Goes. I'm not the biggest fan of Purdy. I would, Probably have started Sam Darnold, but based on how he looked in the preseason, but we'll see. And I think the, the Niners really at this point after trading in Lance are all in on Kirk Cousins in the off season. To be honest with you, a, re, a reunion with Kyle Shanahan there makes makes a ton of sense. Um, with film film on him now, it's it's it'll be interesting to see how Brock Purdy looks. Um, because like I said, I'm not I'm not convinced he's there, the long term QB. But um, for me, the 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 match for this game is the Niners O line. Because they've lost Mike McGinchy now. Trent Williams um, has had a little bit of an issue in practice as well. I think he's is going to play, and they've got not much else in the offensive line. And especially in the run game, George Kittle was limited in practice, and he looks like he could be out too. So that that'd be a huge miss. And that you know the Niners' run game going against the Steelers, who can stop the run, that could be a potential bogey game. Um, for the Niners, uh, I, I think the Steelers have got uh, have got an excellent chance of winning this game. To be honest with you, and I think. I, I'm just interested to see how it goes because I come into the season with a lot more questions over the Niners than I thought I would do um, at the end of last season. I, I don't know if you share the same opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, my whole spiel in the season guide for the Niners was about Trey Lance. So <laughs> that went to 
that went down the pan before the season even started. Um, yeah, I share the kind of same view on Purdy. I don't, I don't know if, you know, he, he did well last year. Obviously, I mean, coming as a seventh round pick and guiding your team to what a seven game win streak and getting to the NFC Championship game is no mean feat by any means. But he's, it felt like he was in a very QB friendly offense last year, especially with McCaffrey. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, you could reel off all those names. Um, but I, Pittsburgh have, have been a lot of people's sneaky pick going into this year, haven't they? Of kind of a playoff outsider that a lot of people have got down. I think I saw Peter Schrager had it the other day. You had it the other day on your podcast with Owen. So it's definitely a, a trip hazard for, for the Niners. Two great defences, backed with offensive talent. Uh, two of the best coaches in the league as well. You know, you got Mike Tomlin, great defensive mind. You got Shanahan, great offensive mind. Um, so it's, and I think it's ultimately might come down to the quarterbacks this game. You know, two defences are going to stuff the run pretty, pretty well. Um, so it, is kind of a purdy against Pickett, Mr. Irrelevant against the only first round pick in the 2022 draft. Um, and yeah, I think it depends on which, which one of those guys steps up and who can kind of keep their, give their defense enough for rest, you know, stay on the field, control time and possession. And, um, and I suppose just not turn the ball over, you know, protect the ball, be efficient, and to be honest, I'd probably back Penny Pick- Kenny Pickett to do that better than than I do Purdy. Um, but I think it's going to be a really intriguing game. Yeah, you mentioned Kenny Pickett. He uh, he impressed me in the last year with his. Uh, he was, I I wasn't impressed with the first sort of eight games, but the last four or five were, were I I think were a really good sign for for how Pittsburgh are going to look this year. They've had a lot of hype uh, over the off-season as well, which is rightly so, because uh, Pickett was the highest-graded QB in the whole of the preseason. Yeah, he averaged 13.3 yards per attempt. He had three big-time throws, which in the preseason is a big sign, because a lot of times teams don't air it out in the preseason. It's a, it's a very sort of vanilla offense. Um, as a talk of, of a breakout year, not only for Kenny Pickett, but also for George Pickens, who looked good in preseason. It sounds like Pittsburgh are just in love with him. Everything you see on social media, is, and you can see why, because of his big cat radius and some, some of the plays he makes. And it'll be, interesting, it'll be good to see him make a, a, a massive leap, really. Uh, the offensive line, they spent money on as well. They've brought in Isaac Suomalo. Uh, and it, he's going up as his former teammate in Javon Hargrave as well, who will play on the Niners defensive line. It looks like Nick Bosa will play as well, obviously, because he's on his five-year $170 million extension, which is $34 million a year. is the highest-paid defensive player in history. Um, that's a big test for the for the new-look uh, Steelers O-line after paying, like I said, Steelers much. Um, and I think... I. I see. I think it, my my battle of the game actually is the Niners' defense against the Steelers' offense because it has so much hype going into this off season. And the Niners' D line is yes, you lost Charles Amenahu, but you've got uh, Drake Jackson who who that USC a second round pick from last year who's meant to have a big role on the offense on defense this this year. You obviously you look at them, you've got Javon Hargrave, you've got Nick Bosa. Like, like, like this this defensive line is one of the best units in football, as is the not as is the Steelers defensive line too. Uh, but for me, I'm excited to see it because 
it looks like the the you know, the best defense yet again, one of the best defenses anyway. But they've lost a few players in the secondary. It looks like Talano, Hufanik, and Traverius Ward could both be out too. They're questionable at the minute. I want to see if because if look, if Kenny Pickett can light up this defense or at least you know twenty five thirty points, then this is a really good sign for the Pittsburgh. Okay, I think it's been picked on TV for a reason, and yeah, I think it'll be really close. You said you've got two of the best head coaches. You've got Christian McCaffrey with a full off season in in Carl Shanahan's scheme, which is you know just think of the, what he could create there. Um, yes, it's a lot for Daniel, but Shanahan's still a, especially in the past game is still a very creative play caller. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And yeah, look, I think the a key for me for the Niners offense just switching over would probably be Brandon Ayuk because some believe he's the best receiver on the team. Um I really really liked him when he came out in twenty twenty. I had him on my sort of um play you know sort of like non top ten players to watch list. I had Jonathan Taylor on there as well and a lot of the players I had on the list actually I'm quite proud of because they've done had good quiz like Antoine Winfield and Jalen Johnson and that that was that was a I really I really uh I really like what I did that year and uh, again with Ayuk I think with him he's the key uh, because if if no if McCaffrey can't get anything going, then they're gonna have to rely on Purdy's arm. And Ayuk across the middle is one of the hardest people to stop in football, I think, because it's because of the speed. So that, that that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, he'll be going up against the Pittsburgh defense. And I mentioned the tough D line of Highsmith, Hayward, Ogunjobi, and TJ Watt, who I think is going to be defensive player of the year. I said that in the podcast with Ollie the other day. Um, look, Ayuk. Ayuk v Joey Porter or Pat Pete is going to be an interesting battle as well. I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Steelers were good against the run last year on defense, like I said. So if the DBs can step up, this Steelers defense is going to be a top five defense, I think, too, which is which is why I think a lot of people are picking the Steelers to to do very well this year. Um, on to our predictions. How do you see this one going, Charlie? Um, I've got Niners. Got Niners. Just, just because I think Skill position personnel wise, they're just like better team. I, I think, given the way that Shanahan managed to draw up Purdy last year on that eight game win streak, I think, I think we'll see more of the same this year early on, and I think you'll see teams kind of in the mid season catch on and start to figure it out. So I think early on we might see a bit of the same. Um, obviously, the defense is still the same defense that shut down pretty much every offence in the league last year. So um yeah, even with those injuries you they've still got um you know Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave, um there's Eric Armstead, you know, there's still so many talented players on that defence and I think I just think they'll be too strong for Pittsburgh at, at this point of the season. But I think as you go later into the season I think People start to figure Purdy out, and and um, that went. That's when the kind of the Purdy experiment might come to a head. I think. For me, I'm gonna go for Pittsburgh. Um, I I just I think they're the healthiest team at the moment, which is a bit a big factor. They're at home as well, which again does does help my my pick as well. And I just think they they know the hype that's going on. And Mike Tomlin he wins these kind of games. You know, even when the Steelers aren't great, they they still do win these kind of games, um, and I've got all, all the confidence in them to do this. So I think they're going to start off with a ban, and I'm going to pick the Pittsburgh Steelers to win this one. Going over to the rest of the the six pm games, um, we've got the the Bengals visiting the Browns. 
Uh, Joe Burrow is healthy, which is good. He's looking to avoid a repeat of week one last year through five interceptions again, again, again against those Steelers last year, um, which is just really weird. I think it might have four or five, I can't remember. Um, he'll be doing that with his new $55 million a year contract, which was announced last night as the game kicked off, trying to real, really steal the Kansas City th- Thunder, which is the most Bengals, new Bengals thing you can imagine, really, because that, 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 that rivalry is leading to like, last week. Uh, the, the, the rivalry they had they have right now is one of the best in football for sure. Um, and he becomes the highest paid pass in the league, taking over Justin Herbert. For me, though, going into this game, I know how good Cincy are going to be. The offensive line looks to be stable for, for, for once to start the year, which is good. Because how will Deshaun Watson look? Because this is a great test for him that the Bengals defense, Luna Rimu, uh, has, has his guys playing hard. He's had them playing hard for a while now. Obviously, you've got a good pass pressure in Trey Hendrickson uh, you know, and the others as well. I think for me, Deshaun Watson this year, he has to look good because the, that otherwise this might go down as one of the worst trades of all time. Um, the preseason signs, like especially in camp, what we said has been encouraging. But but for, for me, I just I, I until I see it, I can't pick Cleveland to win this game. I I, I can't. They're they're actually uh, the the Bengals are only favoured by one and a half. So they think obviously it's in Cleveland, but they think it's gonna be a really close game. The the, the bookies do. Um, but for me, even though the Browns' defense is going to be better with Jim Schwartz, and you know, and I think they probably could help slow down Cincy, I just can't pick against the Bengals because I haven't seen Deshaun Watson, the old Deshaun Watson, uh, play football yet. And uh, be, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it because, as a football player, he's one of the most exciting. He was one of the most exciting players to watch um, in Houston. And uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm going to pick I'm going to pick Cincinnati, but uh, Cleveland, I I. I I'm, I think I, I I can see them being better than they were last year, and I can see them making it close. Yeah, I, Cleveland are my kind of sneaky good team this year, I think. But again, like you said, it hinges. Like another team we'll probably talk about later, it hinges on the quarterback. Big trade last summer. Yeah, he's he's got to come up good because the rest of the piece around him are, are fine. Like, you know, they could be legit playoff contenders if. Watson gets back to kind of his his form before his suspension. And I mean, he was probably knocking on the door of being a potentially top five quarterback in the league before his whole um, debacle kicked off. So if if he's good, then I think the Browns could quite comfortably make the playoffs. But um, Cincinnati are one of the top three teams in the AFC. Probably one of the top three teams in the league. Um, in divisional games, obviously hard to pick. They're always going to be tight, especially in the AFC North. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to go Cincinnati as well. I'll, I'll go with you on that one. But I think it'll be a close game. Yeah. On to a game that I think might be one of the sneaky games this week. It's, it's the Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens are favored by a, a, a mighty 9.5 points. Uh, the two teams I'm, again, excited to see this season for different reasons. For, you know, the, the Texans, obviously, they, they they use their assets to go up and get uh, C.J. Stroud, obviously, with their second overall pick, but also Will Anderson with the trade of Arizona at number three. Um, you've got D'Amico Ryans coming over uh, for San Francisco's head coach. You've got Bobby Slovak on the offensive side, which I think will be a great move. Um, and it's a perfect scheme for C.J. Stroud to be in as well, the sort of Niners scheme, because it fits the skill set as well. And it's a great it's a great uh, scheme in general for a rookie QB to, to be in. Uh, 
for Baltimore, obviously they've got the new offense of Tom Monk and they're going to be passing the ball a lot more, um, which has not got off, off to a great start because they, unless they revealed that Odell Beckham is already uh, nursing an ankle injury, so he, he might not be good to go. Uh, Mark Andrews was limited in practice too, which uh, I think Mark Andrews will probably play and he has to play really for Lamar to at least have a to start this passing offense well, I think, because obviously he's his number one guy. Uh, there could also be about Marlon Humphrey too, which would be a big miss in the secondary because the Ravens defense just doesn't look the same anymore. I'm not very high on the Ravens this year. I think I can see them getting a winning record, but I, I, I don't think they'll be anywhere near the playoffs, to be honest with you. Uh, and I'm, I'm high on Texans and many. Obviously, I, in the podcast, I had D'Amico as, as, as um, a coach of the year candidate. I had Will Anderson and C.J. Sharp both winning their respective Rookie of the Year awards. And even though Houston without the two of their starting O-linemen in Titus Howard and Kenyon Green, they're probably being up against one of the worst pass rushes in the league in Baltimore. And for that reason, I'm going to pick an up the upset. I'm going to say the Houston Texans are going to win as nine and a half point underdogs, which is, which is a massive, a massive shot. But I just, again, I don't have the faith of in Lamar Jackson as an intermediate passer, to be honest with you. So maybe I'm wrong and it's new offense are betting into it. And I think the, the schemes that, the Texans' run will be favourable for this matchup, and I can see him getting off to a great start. Um, yeah, I've gone the same. This is my sneaky pick as well. I think that mm. it just has like a D'Amico Ryan's era it starts with a splash kind of written all over it. Um, I love D'Amico Ryan's like his energy more on the sideline when he's with the 49ers, just infectious. Um, and I, th- I think, you know, it just feels fresh in Houston now. You know, starting with the new era, CJ Stroud, Will Anderson, franchise cornerstones on either side of the ball. Um, Derek Singley too. Like that's, yeah. That's a three key position. Especially going into his se- second second yeah. year, Derek Stingley as well. Um, and I think I have the same concerns over Baltimore as you do. I think, firstly, Odell Beckham coming off a second knee injury is huge. Um, already, you know, suffering with an ankle injury, limited at practice. Mark Andrews is limited at practice. Marlon Humphrey potentially out. Um, and the, this Baltimore team just doesn't doesn't pop like like they. Some people have suggested they do. For me, anyway, I just don't think. Yeah, you know, Lamar is obviously an a list a list player. He's exceptional talent but it doesn't seem like he's got the team around him um to kind of support uh support his talent um especially week one with the injuries they've got i just think houston you know it's got upset written all over it going into baltimore as well um it's got one of those week one kind of houston puts the league on notice start one and oh um i mean they could go one and ten from there on in you never know, but yeah, I've picked Houston for this one as well. There we are. Uh, on to the Minnesota Vikings hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are five. Uh, the Vikings are five and a half point favorites. This is really Baker Mayfield's last chance at being an NFL starter. He's been named the starter for the Bucks. It's not the best roster though, especially if a few players go down. Especially you know the the, the, the main ones being the likes of Mike Evans, Chris Gold, Chris Godwin, Levante David, uh, Shaq Barrett. That, they're very top-heavy, this team, but the rest of the depth is not great at all. Um, for Minnesota, the offense is pretty much the same. They they, uh, they lost Adam Thielen in the offseason, but they drafted Jordan Addison, who I think will be a great... Uh, I think he, he probably faces 
the most. Um, he's, I think he's the he's the receiver who I think will get the most um, will work when he starts start the season because he's probably a number two option. Well, I think he'll be up there with KJ Osborne when the other rookie receivers are, are clearly sort of like number three options. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing him right from the get go. Uh, but on the defense side of the ball, they've got Brian Flores' new defense because. Uh, is awful. Thirty uh, first, I think it was ranked ranked in the league. Um, the, the, the Vikings were in a lot of shootouts last year, like the like the Lions were actually. Um, and Brian Flores, he, he, uh, we saw in his time in Miami, the first year in Miami, that he can he can make a defense work for limited talent because his defense ultimately won games at the end of the year, including the game uh, against the Bengals, which gave the Bengals number one overall pick in twenty twenty. Um, we now obviously his is the two other years in Miami as well. They they produce a lot of turnovers, and they had a lot more talent on the defense. They've got talent. They've got the likes of Harrison Smith. They obviously uh, they've brought in Marcus Davenport from New Orleans, um, among others as well. And I, I think the defense will be really good this year. That's my. I think the Vikings. And the record, but for me, I, I think it's the start of a big for Kirk Cousins. He's a potential offensive rookie of the year candidate. Um, obviously with Jordan Addison, that can help him. Um, and yeah, obviously contrary for Kirk Cousins, he he has to prove that he can win when it matters this year. Obviously, this game doesn't win when it matters, but I think the Vikings are going to start big. I'm going to hammer the over. I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to beat the Buccaneers uh, by probably over ten points. I think they'll start, but sort of a bang. Uh, and I think Alex Madison will look really good at the backfield too with Miles Gaskin in there as well. It's a good one-two punch. Uh, um, yeah, I think it's two teams that made the playoffs last year. I don't know if I back the Vikings to make the playoffs this year just because Ooh. of how much they blew it up on defence. I think they're going to kind of reset this year. Um Quessy, can't remember his second name, the general manager. Um, he, it's a bit of a rebuild, I, whether it's with Cubs Yeah, Cubs I, I think they're going for a mini rebuild, yeah. especially on the defensive side, because, I mean, what, Darwin Tomlinson left in the summer, Eric Kendricks left in the summer, um, Patrick Peterson left. And, I mean, they had to leave because that defence was atrocious, and I think they need a hard reset. Um so, but I, I think it would take a bit of time to get used to. I'd, I'd still back Minnesota to win this game because I just don't think Tampa Bay are very good at all. This, you know, they outside of, like you said, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin on offense, they don't really have a lot on defense. They've got well for the year, so yeah, de- defense have got limited options as well, like playmakers, and I think. Once Tom Brady left, I think Tampa kind of understood that this wasn't their kind of this. They're entering their rebuild again now, so I don't think they'll be too too disappointed or anything to be kind of a top ten pick this year. But um, yeah, I've I've Batman say it to win this one. I don't think they're in number one pick contention. I'd say, but they they might be if they lose players because their roster is very top heavy. Um, on to the first of. 
the NFC South matchups this year, which will be very interesting because it's probably the closest division of football. The Panthers travelled to the Falcons with the Falcons are three and a half point, uh, point favourites. Uh, it's probably I think it's probably the most interesting game between the, the Panthers and the Falcons since about 2017, I'd say. Uh, and they both have a big chance in the division, like I said. You've got lots of rookies too. You've got obviously Bryce Young and B. John Robinson. Um, but I'm going to go for Atlanta this one because the Panthers have not had a great month or so. Uh, the his, Bryce Young's new look receiving core is not off to the best start because both Adam Thielen and DJ Chark are out of practice on Thursday, so he could be out. Probably his two top weapon, weapons in his first game in the NFL, which isn't great. The offensive line scares me too, so I get beat up in that game against the Jets, um, in the second week of preseason as well. And I just don't uh, my favorite quarterback, but if honestly, I think he, I think doesn't have. Situation two, which I don't think many would have thought uh, a couple of weeks ago, but really, I think Houston have, have started to build something. And um, sorry, a couple, couple of months ago. Um, and for me, Atlanta have got the best running game in the league. They've they've got this new the Cordell Patterson in the Joker position. Position. So we're interested to see what uh, what Arthur Smith's got 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 up his sleeve there. Uh, but yeah, for me, I'm gonna go for Atlanta. They're probably my favourites in the division, and Carolina are a bit banged up. Um, even though their defense, it'll be close because uh, their defense is, is healthy for once. But uh, yeah, still feels a little, little bit like the old Panthers to me, even with a new quarterback. So I'm going to go for the Falcons. Yeah, I've gone Falcons as well. I think in Atlanta as well, just kind of difficult to look past them with their kind of their running attack. Like I mean, you could call it a three prong running attack: Tyler Algier, Bijan Robinson, and Cordero Patterson. Um, and they made some good defensive additions this year as well. Oh yeah, they spent um, money on the defense. Jesse it Bates looks good. Came across um, Calais Campbell, I think is is there now, isn't he? Yeah, and David um, Martyr as well from the time from the Saints. So they've, yeah. they've really rebound the D line, um, which would be good. They've got Bud Dupree as well, hoping to get a bit more pass rush, and. Obviously, the secondary is still a bit questionable. On a corner, you've got AJ Terrell, but it's whether Jeff Okuda can step up. But they've got a lot of potential to be to be a, a bit of a sleeper in this defense for sure. Yeah, and I think Carolina is going to take some time to kind of get the ball rolling, especially as you said. You know, top two targets potentially out for Bryce Young this week. Um, I suppose maybe they'll lean more on Miles Sanders and and Shuba Hubbard this week, but you know the. The O line needs to you know, get there, get sorted out because in preseason they didn't look didn't look great. So they've got to. I think they'll take a couple of weeks to kick into gear. I think, um, yeah, I think Atlanta win this one. Um, in the whatever their dome stadium's called, yeah, I don't know. Mercedes Benz Arena or something like that. Yeah. Like that, yeah. Uh, for me, yeah, like I said, I, I think I put the Falcons too. I, I just think they're uh, they're in a good spot to start the year at least. And Caroline, I think will narrow that gap. But for me, I, I've got I'm really high on the Falcons this year. On to um, an NFC East team in the Washington Commanders. They'll start their new era with Josh Harris as owner. Uh, when they're seven point five point favorites against the Arizona Cardinals, who are the talk of the league for not the great, not the best reasons. To be honest with you, it's more how bad will the Cardinals be. They're rolling with Josh Dobbs at QB after cutting Colt McCoy. Um, it sounds more likely that Colin Murray will play towards the end of the year now, which will be interesting to follow. 
Um, but this is a great game for Sam Howell, uh, who's another QB who's a lot of praise in the preseason. Eric Bieniemy's offense too. He's got in place for the first time. Has has had a lot of praise too. Uh, this is a great game for them to start. So I'm obviously picking the Commanders. I I think it'll be close closer than people think, but I will probably go over over a seven and a half point um, spread too. Um, and look, if if the Washington defense can stay healthy, it could be very good. We saw it last year against Philly. Um, but it's a big year for Chase Young, especially because he has to stay healthy to get a contract because he, he's not played in the field the last couple of years and he, he's questionable to play on Sunday. But you know, even without Chase Young, this team, the, the commanders are too good for, me, for the Cardinals. And really, I, I I don't see where the wins are going to come for for the Cardinals, really. Yeah, I think the, the Cardinals, in my... I did some kind of pre-season kind of records, predictions, and I, I think the Cardinals, for me... It, their season hinges drastically on whether Kyler plays um, and if he comes back, kind of when he comes back um, and, you know, the type of player he comes back as as well. Um, but Josh Dobbs just is, you know, he's a stopgap. He doesn't fool you with any kind of excitement or anything if you're an Arizona fan, especially not with the kind of receiving um, receiving options they've got, and yeah, I think Washington, you know, really nice defense, offense, kind of, it's a bit of a, a bit of in limbo. I think, um, kind of going to see how, how Sam Howell is, see what kind of guy he is, see if he is the guy, and then, but I think it's a nice early season game to get if you're Washington, you know. Like Arizona, probably favourites to get the number one overall pick. Um, so I've backed Washington to win it as well. Um, start new era in the in the capital, and um, yeah, off to winning ways. There we are. Uh, on to a rookie quarterback in Anthony Richardson, who uh, whose Colts host the Jaguars, who are four and a half point favourites, um, which isn't really a surprise there. Um, for me, the the game, the, the real story going into this game is how big will Anthony Richardson's deficiency as a passer hurt the Colts, Colts offense because uh obviously they're about Jonathan Taylor who's on pup I don't but no one really thinks he's injured but it's just Jim Mercy having a power move and really the 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 whole like everything around the Colts just isn't great this year so, so for, for that reason as well I I don't really see the win in this game. The Jags are great we know the Jags offense is gonna be really good. You've got Trey Lawrence and Doug Peterson connection. You've got Calvin Ridley going in there. Um Batman suspension Christian Kurt, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, Travis Travis Etienne and Tank Bigsby as well, the rookie running back. Um it's a good game for the offensive line to establish itself as well because um without Cam Robinson who's out for the first few games of suspension um because the Colts aren't the best pass rush either. Um, offensively, I think it'll be very electric because obviously you've got you've got Trevor Lawrence, you've got Anthony Richardson, Richardson who will, will make something happen with his leg for sure because he did that against Philly's back up to a very very good in the pre um, in the preseason. Um, the defense of the Jags is what excites me though. And I think it, it it'll be something to watch in in this uh, against Richardson for sure in this game because I I really think it would be better than last year where they actually a pretty under the radar unit. Uh, you've you've got uh, second year players Devon Devon Lloyd and Trevon Walker. Um, we'll see how much they make an impact. They didn't, you know, that impactful last year. But going into year two, we'll see we'll see how they how they've grown as players. Uh, but even without them, you've got the likes of Tyson Campbell, who's one of the best uh, cornerbacks in the league. Josh Allen, who's one of the best pass rushers in the league, as well. You've got Foyasadi Olakun at linebacker, who again is one of the best linebackers in the league. This this defense does go under the radar, uh, for me. Um, and yeah, I I I got a bit of the Jags. 
because I don't trust the Colts at all, but I'm looking forward to watching Anthony Richardson because I want to see how he plays in an NFL regular season game because it's going to be a weird old season, I think, because he, he has up and downs. You saw it in college, he has up and downs. So we'll see. We'll see uh, how, I don't really think starting him from the goes to move, really, but they've gone for it. We'll see what Shane Steichen has done to work his magic because he really did work some magic with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I think... Yeah. I didn't support the decision to start Anthony Richardson either. I think you know this is his second full season as a starting quarterback in his like in his life. Like, and he's going yeah. to like <laughs> the NFL, the Colts, who you know don't have the best offense as it is. It's not like he's going into like the Niners or anything like that where he's going to be supported. Um, but I think the atmosphere in Indy is going to be great. You know. It's, and start to a new kind of era, Steichen and Anthony Richardson, we all saw what Steichen did with Jalen Hurts. Um, and there will be teething problems with Anthony Richardson throughout the year. I don't think, you know, he's going to have, like you said, ups and downs. Um, and yeah, Jacksonville, I think, will kind of brush Indy aside just because they're not looking at, like, India's competition. They're looking more towards the Bengals, the Bills, the Dolphins at the back end of the year to try and make the playoffs. So I think this, if you're Jacksonville now going into this kind of, you know, Trevor Lawrence is the king in, in Duval County now, you know, you've got, you've got to look at these games and kind of be ruthless and brush, brush these kind of teams aside. There we are. On to the final 6pm game. It's the uh, the Saints starting a new era of Derek Carr at quarterback working on the Tennessee Titans. The Saints are 3-0 uh, point favourites. Um, I'm interested to see what the, the Saints offence looks like because I'd probably say on paper it's the best Saints offence for a while even without Alvin Kamara who missed the first three games for the suspension. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, Derek Carr can do because um, he's in probably the best situation he's ever been in, which is mad because the Saints aren't a great situation, but the Raiders were just awful for years. And offensively, yeah, they probably have better weapons in the final year, John Gruden, you'd say. Or, uh, but I think that this, this, the only thing that worries me about the Saints' offense is the O-line. We'll see how that, that fares because Andy Dalton did get a bit banged up last year. Um, but for me, the most, ba- the most, the battle, I think, which will solve this game is the new Saints D-line um, with the likes of Nate Shepard and um, coming over uh, with that versus the new Titans offensive line who paid Andrew, uh, Andrew Dillard, for example, um, and well, they've lost players as well. That that be that be the battle that solves this game. Um, and I, I'm also looking to see what Derek Henry and, and DeAndre Hopkins have got to offer in a team that's not obviously you might very well coaches them hard, but this team, this Tennessee team, is probably the least talented team that Ravens had. Uh, I personally think that the Titans piece is a, a bit of a shock win here. Uh, um, but for, yeah, for me, I, I, I think it'll be very close. And uh, I think when we see Yavin Kamara in the Saints offense, We've obviously got Jamal Williams as well, but when you've got both of them, that's when we'll really see them tick. And I think they will win nine, ten games this year. Um, with again, Cars in a great situation. He's a better quarterback than say the Saints fans since anyone, obviously since Drew Brees. Um, and I think I don't know why the Raiders let him go. To be honest with you, but I I think it will just be a Titans win to finish up the six pm window. 
Yeah, I've gone to say I'm on Titans win, but um, you know, Carl coming into a new situation in New Orleans, you know, new conference, division that is there for the taking. Um I think he's you know, this is the start of his kind of comeback tour, like um image wise across the league. I think he kind of got a bit bit disrespect to the back end of his Raiders career. Um so he's kind of got to repair his image in New Orleans. But yeah, I like the Saints offense. Um I also like Tennessee's offense besides their offensive line. I, you know, their own line I, I don't think is particularly good. But, you know, Derek Henry, DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, um Nick Westbrook Aquino is always one of those guys that just kind of pops up. You know, when you watch like a Titans game, where it's like on 15, you see his name like with about 30 characters on the back. Um, you know, he's and he always pops up in a big moment with like a just a big first down or something. Um, and yeah, I, I quite like Tennessee and obviously Mike Vrabel, you know, one of the best yeah. coaches in that's the what, league. That's what's funny for me, I think. I, yeah, I, I literally in my notes I wrote tight games cool, could sit going either way, but back the coach of Bray below Dennis Allen. Um and I just think you know it'll come down to a tight spot and I think Tennessee are gonna be the better coach team. So that's why I back them. There we are. On to the uh the second big game uh, in uh on Sky Sports is the boy it's two of us is Justin Herbert really. This is this is the game that that many have been talking about for this week. Uh, the Chargers open it as uh, as the home team with three and a half point favourites. Uh, and the Dolphins offense will be looking to continue, this is in the late window by the way, we're looking to continue what they did last year when two was healthy. Um, they slowed down for a little bit, get a, a little patch in the, in the middle of the season, middle, well, the end of the tour's season, but the middle of the season, and against these Chargers and against the Niners as well. They couldn't function, couldn't function at all when um, targeting the, the middle of the field because that's what the Niners and Brandon Staley first took away. So interesting to see how it changes. McDonald did find a fix in Tua's final two games at Buffalo, which they uh, were very unfortunate to lose, and against Green Bay, which they were in a comfortable lead for before Tua's uh, third concussion. Um, it, they got good news because Jalen Waddle looks good to go, but it doesn't look sound good for Tua and Armstead. Luckily for the Dolphins, uh, under Butch Barry, the, the new offensive line coach, the O-line has actually sounded quite decent in training camp. They've got Kendall Lamb, who has been playing uh, at left tackle all training camp because Arms has not played at all, uh, at all in training camp. Um, and he's been a stand-up at left tackle. And um, uh, well, compared to what they were at left tackle last year, anyway. But will that trans- it just, I'm wondering whether that translates to regular season if Armstead does miss this game because he's probably one of the, the, the few players that you can't afford to lose if you're the Dolphins for too much too big a period. It, it also sounds like Austin Jackson will be finally you know on the right path as the, as the offensive tackle too. He play, he's starting a right tackle this year. Um, and they've got Isaiah Wynn at left guard as well. So they've, it sounds like the offensive line will be much better, which is good to keep two upright. Obviously, he's doing all this this uh, out of football work to to keep upright as well, learning how to fall of jiu-jitsu, etc. And he's putting a bit of muscle too. Um, but... Look, I think I think what you what you're looking for in this game is Miami to run the ball because the Chargers couldn't stop the run at all last year, um, and they've brought the people they brought in to stop the run this year weren't great at stopping the run in their decisions last year either. Uh, and Mike Daniel also admitted at the end of last year that he should he should have run the ball um more, and that includes those last few games against the Chargers, the Niners, and the, the Bills, especially the Dolphins. 
uh, the Bills game, they they found offense, but uh, that was through Raheem Mostert. But when when they found the offense again, they abandoned the run game, uh, which cost them the game in the snow in Buffalo, I think. Um, as well as Josh Allen being Superman in the final few minutes <laughs> there. Uh, but I I think yeah, you look for Miami to run a ball more Raheem Mostert uh, and uh, Tavon Ahmed and and Jeff Wilson, who obviously is is not. He's on IR, but he might have a role at the end of the season. Look for for rookie undrafted Chris Brooks to make a role. He's he'll be a, he'll be a, an option between tackles for the Dolphins because the other two, the running backs aren't aren't great at that. Um, but yeah, Raheem Mostert. If you're if you've got Raheem Mostert in fantasy, start him because he's going to have a big role in this game. Uh, on to, they'll be facing against the Chargers defense, who I think will be quietly confident going into this one with how they managed to frustrate uh, Miami in the, in the Sunday night football win last year. But they have to improve deceptive defensively because yeah, they were good. Runners day's defense sucked, and that's just facts. Um, they couldn't stop the run, and the defense that tries to prevent the big play got beat on a lot of big plays, which is <laughs> that's the whole point of this Fangio Brandon Staley's defense, and they just didn't couldn't function at all that last year. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they how they they do they do they do change that. Um, but yeah, they they can be full of confidence with what with what they did manage to frustrate uh with the way that they managed to frustrate Mother Daniel last year. Um the Chargers offense, that's what I think I want to fight now because they're we know the Dolphins offense is gonna be good because they've got all the speed in the world, the offensive line should be better, etc. But Chargers offense is meant to be much better this year, uh, because Justin Herbert has now got one of the best well, the supposed best play callers in the league in Keller Moore. Um the O-line was really good last year as well when it was healthy and managed to protect Justin Herbert, which is the main goal the entirety of last offseason. Um, but it was so conservative under Joe Lombardi that they had to make an offensive coordinate change. And also the receivers got hurt as well. They've added another receiver to clean down Mike Williams and Quentin Johnson, who would be interested to see how big of a role he has in this game. Uh, but obviously, it's the offense we're talking about here. We'll get into a bit of Fangio's defense in a minute, but this is going to be one hell of a football game. And it's actually the uh, second highest over-under points that are in the, in, in the entire uh, entire slate this week, which Liam said in the last podcast. And there's a reason why, because again, this is this is going to be a great game to watch uh, on Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be a bit of a shootout, I think. Um, I love the Chargers' offense. I think you know they've got three, possibly even four, with Quentin Johnson, obviously rookie, so you don't can't tell. But three, possibly four, great receivers: Austin Eckler in the backfield, Justin Herbert, who's now the second highest paid quarterback in the league. But yeah, he's got bags of talent. Their own line's great. Um, I have question marks over the defense, over the front seven, other than Mac and Bosa. I think Joseph Day's okay. He's not going to set the world alight, and I, I don't think their interior is great. And coming up against Miami, that's a concern the way that they run the ball. Um, I think you know they brought Eric Kendricks across, who's obviously a great player, but he's not going to really help those. You know that kind of interior D line. Well, the, the Vikings couldn't stop the run either last year, and he, he was obviously right in the centre of that Vikings defense. Yeah. So um, if, if history tells us, then it, they're going to struggle in in that in in that aspect. Yeah, and I mean the the secondary doesn't. You know, JC Jackson had problems last year after his big um big free agency move, then bust his knee. Um, Asante Samuel's now like second. Or like third corner on the depth chart behind Michael Davis, um, and other Derwin James. You no, know, it's not 
not a lot um, back there. So that, that's a concern for me. Um, and obviously then you said about, you know, we'll get on to Fangio defence. I mean, Fangio played, um, used to play the Chargers twice a year when he was head coach of the Broncos. Um, during his time at Denver, I think I went through and LA scored 13 points, 20 points, 30 points, 19 points, 13 points and 34 points. Um, so on the whole, they kept them to, you know, at most two scores a game, touchdowns. And I think if you're Miami, you, you look at those numbers and, and you're overjoyed because the way that Miami run the ball, you're always, if there's a team put up 19 points, you're always going to be in the game. Yeah, for sure. I think it both of these teams are going to fancy this quite a lot because there's obviously there's the whole history there with Tua and Herbert. Tua be taking one pick ahead of Herbert in the draft in 2020. Um, there's the way the game went last year, which I think really frustrated Mark McDaniel. So there, the coach of Scottish and stuff are looking to get revenge on that primetime game last year too. And again, you, again, we, we, we'll get into it now. Vic Fangio comes in, and this is the big thing that changes the Dolphins this year because Josh Boyer-Large was a very unpopular defensive coordinator. Um, and we saw that in the Chargers game, actually, that, that he was one of the worst games that the Dolphins played defensively um, in the, on that game as well. So, and it was, I think I must, I, I it, that's what, last year as well, I think I tweeted a lot, of, a lot of my tweets were very negative about the Dolphins defence because it has a load of talent. We saw that over the years of Brian Flores, but the way Josh Boyer called the plays last year just didn't, didn't suit, especially when you lost the likes of Xavier Howard and Byron Jones of injury too. Um, cornerbacks, obviously, they added Jalen Ramsey in the offseason. He's now, he's going to be out for this game. He's been out for probably the first half of the season, maybe a little bit more, but he'll be back for December uh, for sure. I think that's the, the, the reports that are coming out now. Um, but I think he was probably the superstar that the Dolphins can lose because... They've got Xavier Howard. They've got Kade Co, who are great corners in their own right, um, and they've got second round rookie Cam Smith. You've got Eli Apple in there as well. Um, like yeah, I the Ramsey won't hurt this defense too much, but for me, the, the Dolphins have to create turnovers. Whether, whether that's you know putting pressure on Herbert or because they just, they could not create turnovers for their life last year compared to what Brian Flores did in the two years previous, um, and. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the matchup between Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb and the Chargers pretty decent O line because uh, that, that that's what I'm really looking forward to seeing because I I, I can't call it who will get the better of that and I think that that as well as coaching will be what decides this game. Um, you, you're gonna you're gonna get points on the offense as the ball. It's uh, I think the Dolphins will run the ball. The Chargers will probably pass a lot. Um, in this game, I think we saw that Hubbard has 40 50 attempts on the regular, and I think I don't see that changing either. Uh, for me, I'm gonna pick the Dolphins because Mike McDaniel is the better coach than Brandon Staley. Um, and I think he he noticed his errors last game, he tried to correct them. Um, at the end of the season, he did, he did for the, the final two games. Um, and and the, the Dolphins offense now that now that again, offense line is better. You, I'd probably see a receiver is better as well with Braston Berrios coming in. You've you've still got River Craycraft in there as well. Um, Eric Ezenkarma as well made the roster this year. Fourth round pick out last year. He's a, a big guy. Who's, um, he's he probably I think he they've used him in a sort of Debo Samuel role in uh, in preseason scrimmage to see if they they do 
to sort of carry on with that because uh, they, they've had a lot of jet sweeps of him taking a ball because, um, again, he's quite big and, and, uh, and has a good run of the catchability. Um, but, yeah, I'm picking the Dolphins in this one because Mark Bernard is a better coach. And I, I, I think after last year, I think the Dolphins are probably more hungry for this game. And uh, really, as well, there's been a lot of talk about them being the third best team in the AFC. Which I don't think they're, they're, they're going to be very happy with and uh, they're starting off with a bang, I think. Yeah, I, um, to be honest, I'm still torn now. I think I just edged the Dolphins just because the historic kind of thing of Fanjo's points totals against the Chargers. Well, the thing yeah, is, well, is that Bundesliga's defense is, fan, is Fanjo's defense. It's the same scheme. Yeah. It's the same scheme. And and obviously, McDaniel now, he has to go up against that defense every single day in practice. So, so from, from, yeah. from last year as well, the, 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 these, these, the, the two schemes are very familiar with each other, um, and yeah, and I think it comes it comes down to coaching, yeah. Yeah, I and I just think, um, I think it'd be hard for Miami to generate pressure on Herbert because the line's so good, um, but I think defensively, I just don't like the charge at all, especially against the run. Um, and I think they'll lose the time of possession battle, which I think is, is going to hurt them because the less time you give Justin Herbert the ball in his hands, then the harder it's going to be for um, for the Chargers to make a splash. And I think I mean, it's such a key year for Staley in particular. They not only need to make the playoffs, but they need to at least win like a playoff game. Mm. Um, but I don't think they've got to the best start. So I got the Dolphins. There we are. On to the rest of the nine twenty-five slate. Uh, you've got the the Raiders within the Broncos and Sean Payton's first game in Denver. I'm going to cut it short. You know, I I think the, the Broncos are going to win because they're by far the better coach team. They're even going into the first game. Sean Payton's one of the best coaches in the NFL. Josh McDaniels isn't. <laughs> he he really isn't. Um, and obviously uh, Payton's looking for a strong start. Start isn't he, Charlie? And I, I I think as well a lot of the Broncos players were looking to prove that they are really legit because. Last year was just it. It was just bad from the very start, and I don't. I don't think they want to 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 start that again, do they? Yeah, I mean, last year was just a car crash. Um, but it's just refreshing, you know, having a, a certified head coach in in the door now in charge. Yeah, you know, Sean Payton. He's got the pedigree. Um, he's he's done it before, like with Drew Brees, smaller quarterback. He's run a functional offense, so you know if there's a situation for Russell Wilson to be in to like regain the respect of of the masses, I, I think Sean Payton coming in is as good as it's going to get. Um, and it's it's nice to have a home home opener as well against a, a divisional rival to kind of kick that off. Um, and yeah, I've I've picked the Broncos for this one. I I think Judy. Uh, limited practice, so probably a, a game day call, which is a, a slight mark on this game, but I think Broncos will be run first anyway this year, I think. We mainly pound the rock with Javonte Williams, who we're going to see off the back of his um, big knee injury, so whether he'll be a shadow of the player he was last year, we don't know. Um, Samarji P. Ryan in there, in the backfield. Julian McLaughlin, who was an undrafted rookie, is at it. An excellent preseason for the Broncos. Um, 
will be one to watch. Um, and I'm really concerned about the Raiders, especially. You know, I was concerned about them going into the season anyway. I, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is a fine quarterback. Devontae Adams, fine weapon. Outside of that, they have not a lot else. I mean, Josh Jacobs obviously is. Yeah, and you got Matt Crosby on defense. His one year, right? one year deal, but I mean, yeah, you got Matt Crosby on defense. Your only other needle mover would be Chandler Jones and his comments in the week. Yeah, he's not playing. Really set my concerns into overdrive. Um, so I, I don't think they've they've got a lot at all. Their secondary last year was bad. It's even worse this year. Um, yeah, I've got big concerns over the Raiders long term. I think Denver will. It'll be tight because Broncos Raiders games are always tight. Um, but I I back Sean Payton to get the job done um, in front of the Broncos home crowd um, and move on to whoever they got week two. I can't actually remember it off the top of my head. So, yeah, uh, on to the probably second most appealing matchup in the, the late window. It's the Eagles visiting the Patriots. It's the rematch of Super Bowl 52, and it's Tom Brady's return to New England. He's going to be honoured at half-time. Um, it's interesting game, this. It's the Nance and Romo one as well, so it's, most people in, in the uh, in the US will be watching this one. Um, and it's look, any game that has a Super Bowl runner-up, one of the best teams in the league, probably the most talented roster I've ever seen, and Bill Belichick, in general, is going to be a great game. Um, I'll, I'll just... I'm the, I got my eye on how good Philly look, like just how good they look out of the gate compared to last year, because last year they started very strong and carried it on throughout. Um, and obviously the New England offense, because I want to see the old Matt Jones back, because last year's offense was, was a disgrace, really. <laughs> um, it, it doesn't sound great out of New England, because you've got Cole Strange and Michael Wano, two of two, your, your best offensive linemen, um, likely to be out, it looks at least questionable. And you, you've got uh, Devontae Parker as well, who doesn't, doesn't look good too. And that, that's probably your, your your number one receiver, I'd say, or you know, one, one, of, one of your top ones. Juju Smith-Schuster's knee doesn't sound very good either, apparently. So I, I'm not I'm not, not very confident on that one. So I, I, I feel you only fair by three and a half points. So I, I, I fully back, you know, I think I can think really well, win about 10. But actually it'll make it difficult for them, but I just think they're so good. And New England are very banged up and... Again, I think New England will want to put a statement out offensively, but again, Philly's defense is so good, Philly's offense is so good, and I can't pick against the Eagles. I think it'll be very hard to pick against the Eagles in any game this year because they're, they're so talented. Yeah, I've, I've got the Eagles too. I just think they're so much better, like at pretty much every position than the Patriots are. Um, Patriots bind up on offense. Their offense, I'm not a fan of at all when fully healthy, let alone with all the injuries they've got anyway. Um, Matt Jones entering a key year. He's got to prove that he's he's got something. Um, but yeah, Philly are just going to be too strong. I think I think that's be a pretty pretty comfortable win for them to start their Super Bowl um, to avenge their Super Bowl loss last year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, on to the NFC West now. We've got an all-NFC West matchup with the Rams visiting the Seahawks. The Seahawks are four-and-a-half-point favourites. It's going to be a long season for the Rams, I think. They're relying on their three superstars and Cooper Carr's slightly heading to IR, so it's just Aaron Donald and Michael Stafford. Matt Stafford, sorry. Um, it have a lot of promise. Although the Rams are relatively, un- relatively unknown. You've got a lot of players that no one's really heard of that they sound very confident in. Uh, so it is a game that I am 
been very looking forward to watching. Um, Seattle are not nursing a fair few injuries, which uh, are quite big. You've got Jamal Adams, who's already been declared out, and you could also be listening, uh, missing Devon Witherspoon, Damian Lewis, Boyan Faye, and Kenneth Walker too. So that that's a big injury list there. Uh, but it does sound like Jackson Smith and Jake Bro is good to go after a miraculous recovery from a, bro- a broken wrist, because I've now done that in about two weeks. Um, but I... I think I'm going to take the Seahawks, but I think it'll be close. I think it'll be within four and a half points. Um, I think the Rams could surprise this one, especially with all the the, uh, the injuries that the, the Seahawks uh, team seem to be nursing. I, I, I'm i going for a Seahawks win, but it'll be very close. Yeah, I've gone to Seahawks win as well. I just think Rams like Cooper Cup. I've put down potential. I think it probably is the worst offensive line in the league. Um. You know, your best offensive weapons are Van Jefferson and Cam Akers, which doesn't really... (laughs) Against the the Pete Carroll defence with Bobby Wagner returning from LA, um, I I just think they'll they'll be too strong for them. And I think, yeah, Seattle's got their three-headed beast at receiver back. Kenneth Walker might be out, but, you know, JSN in the slot, Metcalf and uh, Tyler Lockett on the outside... The Rams have got absolutely no one to kind of combat that. Um, I, th- if I'm honest, I think it'd be pretty comfortable with Seattle in Seattle as well. Um, so yeah, I've taken the Seahawks. On to the final uh, 9:25 game. It's a traditional one. They normally play each other in Week One. It's the Bears and the Packers. It's in Chicago. The, the Bears are only voted by half point, so it shows how evenly matched the team teams are. It's a new era for the Green Bay Packers because they are going up against the Chicago team, who probably have the best quarterback for the first time in in Yonks because uh, of the, uh, the, the 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 many years the Packers have of elite franchise quarterbacks. Um, I think it's the perfect Week One game for both teams. Actually, we have a lot of rushing too, um, especially with the Bears who have the highest percentage of rushing plays in. 2022, they had about 54% of their players being Russian players, which is, is, is just is way that's even more than the Falcons. That's that's a massive uh, amount there. Um, uh, and the Packers defense has to play better than last year. And this is a good test for them as well because I think Justin Fields is probably one of those players we want to see in week one because you can test your 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 option uh, defense, you can test your run defense, you can test your pass defense as well. Um, and I think it's the start of a big year for for Justin Fields. Um, he's got a bet. He's got a better situation now. Probably not the best situation. I think the Packers overall the best roster, but the Bears have the best quarterback, uh, and that's why I'm going for the Bears uh, to at Soldier Field in the the traditional Bears Packers Week One opener. Yeah, I've gone Bears as well. Um, I mean, I'm a huge Justin Fields fan. Anyway, I think he's going to have a massive year this year with DJ Moore in there now as well, like certified good receiver. Um, I, I was looking through Green Bay's roster. I mean, they've lost Aaron Rodgers, but they've not lost a whole lot else. So, no. you know, it's still going to be a, a really competitive game. Uh, the defense is still, you know, star-studded at every level um, in Green Bay. And as long as they keep Jordan Love in games, you know, he's he's just got to be methodical and, and uh, efficient with the ball. And there's every chance that Green Bay could Surprise a few this year with their with their record. Um, I I think it'd be quite hostile in Soldier Field this this time round because it's the first time that I think Bears no, fans no, actually yeah. feel like they're 
you know, they've they're kind of free of Rogers now. He's gone. He's not even in the conference. Isn't you know the AFC I have to worry about him now. It feels like there's been a bit of an an air lifted, you know, um, similar to Washington where they're literally only left and they've yeah. you know they've been yeah. rejuvenated. <laughs> Chicago have had their you know figurative owner. He's he's gone. Um, and I, I think they can lay down a marker to kind of say you know we're we're the team now. You know you've got to go through us. Yeah. Instead of vice well, versa. Yes, uh, I I agree as well. I picked the, the Bears to win that game too, and the Packers might have the best uh, season, but I think it's a good game for the Bears to experience in Week One, uh, and that's, that's why I that's why I picked them as well as Fields being a better quarterback right now. On to the final game of Sunday. We'll, we'll talk about Monday night football in, in the in the recap on Monday. Uh, but on Sunday on Sunday night, you've got the Dallas Cowboys visiting the New York Giants. The Cowboys are three and a half point favorites, and this is this is typical Week One. Division game, time. But this is this will get this will probably be one of the most viewed games between the uh, for sure this year between the, the Cowboys obviously and the Giants. Uh, the Giants' offense is probably better than it was last year. Uh, they eventually came to an agreement with Saquon Barkley to lead the offense for one more year. They paid Daniel Jones a moderately okay contract, uh, but if they regret that or not in four years, we'll see. Uh, and they're hoping they can produce similarly to, to you know, the offense they. Last year, because they were one of the best offenses actually to watch last year. Um, because the line was really good. I'm looking forward to seeing what Evan Neal has in his second year at right tackle too. Um, and they've actually they've, they've, they've given Jones a better supporting cast too because last year he had no receivers whatsoever. He's got Darren Waller now, obviously a tight end. He'll be his number one target. Hopefully Isaiah Hodgins can continue what he had at the end of last year. And and they uh, they drafted Jalen Hyatt too uh, in the second round. Um, but this is a very tough defense to go up against. Probably the best defenses in football. Um, Dan Quinn's defense has a lot of expectation this year. Michael Parsons is one of the favorites of defensive player of the year, and they've added another former defensive player of the year in Stephon Gilmore to the secondary two. Uh, going, he probably does complement Trevon Diggs very well because it's very much what uh, a lot of it's, it's very New England actually esque, where you have a, very, a ball hawk corner and you have a man cover corner in, in Gilmore too, and and, and it, it, like I say, it worked for Miami of Flores with with Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. Um, and uh, it, uh, there's a lot of expectations on uh, both of those guys this year in Dallas' defense. They've also got first round rookie Marcy Smith uh, starting right away on the interior two, um, next to Demarcus Lawrence likely and and uh, and the others too. Uh, Dallas on offense, uh, all eyes are on Dak now because he wasn't great last year. He had the league in interceptions to, despite only playing twelve games because he was injured at the start of uh, Cooper Rush playing. A few games at the start of the year. Uh, Trey Lance was brought in uh, by trade, and that only enhances the pressure on Dak Prescott too. Um, but for Dak, I think the keys are he has to stay healthy this year, and he has to drive the team down the field in McCarthy's new system because look, he's got he's got they're, they're probably better on offense this year because Brandon Cooks is a great addition. He's a, you know a thousand yards every single year. I think he'll continue that as well. Much needed third weapon for Dak. Um, Tony Pollard gets the backward to himself now, um, but he is off an injury, so whether he looks the same guy is you know, to be seen. Um, but the my only worry, which is why I think it's a bit closer than people think it will be, is the entire left side of the offensive line for the Cowboys are listed as questionable. Uh, some of them didn't even... Uh, Trey Smith didn't even practice on Thursday, so that doesn't look great. And if they use the entire left side of the offensive line, then the, the Giants... But Will Martindale will probably be licking his lips at that because 
with havoc he can cause on blitzes. They brought in Isaiah Simmons, uh, who who you can be, be using the package somewhere where wherever they line him up because he can line up anywhere. Although he's not really great at one thing. So, um, but look, you've got Kevin Tibble going into the second year now. Uh, what's his name? Um, Demarcus. I know. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, that's it. Yeah, I got him for Yeah, Dexter Lawrence, a defensive tackle, is, is, has got his contract. He's one of the highest paid defensive players in football now as well. You've added Bobby, Bobby Okariki at linebacker as well from the Colts, who will have a big impact in the middle of that defense too. Um, but my only worry of the Giants' defense is the fact they're starting rookie cornerbacks against Dallas's pretty experienced, pretty good receivers and CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Gallup. And that does worry me a little bit. This will be close. I honestly. I'm leading towards the Cowboys just. Um, I think it'll be around that three and a half margin. I'll go, I'll go under. I'll say, I'll say they win by three points there. Uh, but this game is going to be really interesting to see because the Giants are pretty healthy, but they're not as talented as the Cowboys, but the Cowboys are pretty banged up. And uh, that, that will, that's a, that'll be an interesting tell to see how that plays out because if the Giants can get a win over the Cowboys right away, then that's uh, that'll be really good for their season because it, although they expect to regress this year, they were probably a better talented team than they were last year. And obviously Brian Dable was a really good coach and probably is a better coach than Mike McCarthy right now, I'd say. Uh well depending on what McCarthy can call in his plays. Cause he, he had that he had that um sabbatical after he got fired by the Packers where apparently he you know became a, a great offensive mind all of a sudden. Um from from what he was but obviously he was in Green Bay but he 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 retaught himself off the offensive side of football apparently and interested to see what he what he can put out on the on the field this week for sure. But just picking the Cowboys. Yeah, I think both these teams got better over the the off season. Um, I wrote in my um, got a season guide piece, but I think Mike McCarthy's firmly on the hot seat this year. I yeah, think. for sure, for sure. The buck stops with him now. You know, Kellen Moore got the boot after the Niners loss, but the buck now has to stop with Mike McCarthy. You know, it's his offense. He's he's the guy now. He's leading this Dallas team. Dan Quinn's waiting in the wings to take over if he does get the boot. Um, and Dallas should, on paper, be a you know. The closest challenger, I think, in the NFC to San Francisco and Philly this year. Um, you know, three legit receivers, Pollard in the backfield. You know, Dak, if he can, you know, return to that form he got before his big contract, I think. You know, there's there's no reason why the Cowboys couldn't couldn't really compete this year, and I think on defense, you know, adding Gilmore was an unreal addition. Um, to that defense because they've got like two legit players at every level of that defense now. Um, and the Giants, you know, Daniel Jones, like you say, he's got to prove that the Giants were right to back him with that contract. But you know, Barkley back helps. Waller is a huge addition to that. You know, he has a genuine receiving threat now in Darren Waller. Um, and again, you know, Wink Martindale's defense looked to make an early impact this year. Deontay Banks, you know, liked him coming out of the draft. I think, you know, starting straight away, pushed him in the deep end a little bit. But, um, you know, you can show his talent 
Bobby Okereke is a great player. Isaiah Simmons, I like Isaiah Simmons. Didn't work out for him in Cardinals, so it's you know a second second go for him. It's a bit of a wild card in that defense. So and it's going to be a great matchup. I'm going to go Dallas because I think Dallas are just like a stronger team, but I think it's going to be close. New York on Dayball, you know the Giants. There, they're always going to be a competitive team. You know they're always going to be in games late. Um. And yeah, but I just think Dallas is going to be the strong team, personnel-wise. There we are. Those are our week one predictions. Uh, let us know yours as well. Let us know on social media. It's at full 10 yards. Thank you for coming on, Charlie. It's been great to have you on again, mate. And um, we'll, 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 I'll have you on a lot uh, during during the season as well. So yeah, thank you for coming yeah. on, mate. Cool. No, thank you for having me. Um, look forward to coming on again at some point. But, awesome, um, mate. Yeah, looking forward to uh season opener well for sure opening sunday at least yeah yeah because sun kickoff's great but when the nfl sunday hits when you when you when you see scott hansen's face for the first time that commercial free football exactly that that that's when that's when it really feels like football season so uh we'll, we'll see that on sunday we'll see you on sunday as well at thousands of birmingham looking forward to meeting all you guys there as well uh so yeah that that's all that's all for today thank you for listening to the full 10 yards nfl podcast i've been sam moores charlie grace thank you for coming on again mate we'll see you. you next time